the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it like Welcome back to the Moneyline Madness Podcast. It's the seventh episode, seven now. Lucky, Lucky number seven. seven. Woo! Um, Jinx, I'm, you owe me a soda, baby. I'm very uncomfortable now. And um, <laughs> I'm Andrew, Andy B. That's Matt. Yes, sir. Steven. What we're up? all back. We're all back. Yes, we are, indeedy. Pretty big weekend, right, boys? Yes, sir. Something big happened, I think. There was a big game on Sunday, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Had a pretty... I heard the cereal the, bowl, right? The cereal yeah, bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cereal bowl. So... The Super Bowl was Sunday, and cool. uh, twenty three twenty Rams. We all had a lot of money on it. I think I had. I didn't have much money on it. I had a lot of bets. Yeah, on. truthfully, I yeah. only had ten dollars yeah. out there, but I ended up making over half a rack. So, there like, let's go. go. I Rams. love that for That's you, bro. I now. had about fifty dollars on the game. Ended up making like thirty dollars back. So I did take a bit of an L on my bets, but in my block pool, made some money. So I ended up the day on top. Let's go. It good was feeling. a good Sunday overall. Everyone, yeah, uh, everyone I had kind of had a good weekend, I no bet, doubt. I bet ten dollars. And I made 11. So, you know, Let's what? Go. I made we're, pretty, we're in the ups. green. That's the goal here on Bef- the Moneyline Madness podcast. Before we talk about the you know? game, I just want to mention, I made a national anthem. Uh, we had a conversation about that the other day. Predictions. Yes. Matt, word for word, he said, you don't want there, you don't want it to be the Rockets red glaring and there to be 40 seconds Bombs left. bursting in air. I shit you not. There was the 40 clock. seconds left when she said Rockets red glaring. No. She I, held home of the brave. For a good 30 seconds. Before so it happened, I said to my dad, I was like, we talked about it on the podcast, like, Andrew has a has oh, a yeah. bet that, like, she needs to let this last. Let the lungs and, last. And they, they did. I was Dude. really, it got late, and I was like, oh, my God, he's not going to make it. I was, and she I, held those notes literally I had the, to the perfect tone. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I had the stop. Puckered, Here it is. Here it is. I still actually have it. Wow. I oh held the God. stopwatch. At my one minute, I held it, 55 and I was screaming seconds eight. and it's eight tenths of a second. Yeah, and it was she held home of the brave for a good thirty seconds. It was incredible, and I was very happy. I screamed and I did a gritty. I she should, knew what she was doing. Did though. a gritty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She knew what she was doing, so it was great. But then there was a game, so let's talk about the game. Right? Facts. Football. Twenty three twenty Rams. I mean, came down to the end just like a lot of people thought it was going to. I don't think people maybe thought it was going to come down to Burrow having the ball in his hands and having to make a play to either tie or take the game to overtime or win it but i guess we'll start with the ram side matt what were your biggest takeaways like for the ram success and why they were able to get the w i mean it just kind of came down to me um after odell got hurt the game totally changed you saw all the momentum the Bengals kind of fed off of it i mean that's what they've done this whole postseason right you know this whole cinderella story has revolved around them making comebacks and kind of doing the unthought of so once they saw that Odell got hurt, I think in the back of their head, they were like, oh, we we have a chance to win this game. You know, the script is almost writing itself for us. You know, not that you ever want to see a guy get hurt, but sometimes situations, you know, like we said, luck happens to fall in your favor, especially in playoffs. Like that ends up being a big part of, you know, who wins and who loses. So I think that the Rams or the Bengals saw that they can make a comeback. Um, the Rams were able to kind of slow down the game somewhat in that defensive aspect, and they were really able to assert that front four and stop the run game. I mean, the Bengals had absolutely nothing going on. Joe Mixon was not able to do anything, and that was really, to me, what came down to uh, the Rams winning that game. I agree. That would be my biggest takeaway for the Rams, and I was going to set this up for Andrew to answer, but do you think that ultimately Aaron Donald should have won the MVP? I know a lot of people do feel that way. No, and I don't feel that way because he did have an impact, but it was very late in the game. If you look at like the first, I want to say three quarters, maybe two and a half quarters of the game, he really didn't make much of an impact. There Fairly was good quiet. run pressure, but the sacks came late in the game. I mean, the, obviously the big one to win the game, but uh, you brought up Odell. I I had him as the first touchdown scorer, and I actually thought if he hadn't gotten hurt, probably wins the MVP. They were going to him a lot. Early and then when they went to Cup, I was like, "You gotta give him the MVP." He kind of—I know everybody says, "Well, Matthew Stafford did it because he with the Cup quarterback wide receiver thing," but Matthew Stafford threw two two interceptions in the game as well. Cooper Cup late in the game just turned on on Eli Apple, unfortunately. And in Eli, my opinion, like, yeah, absolutely. I think like Cooper Cup kind of made Matt Stafford look way yeah. better than he really was oh, playing. Yeah. You know, That's he fair. was playing on a level that. 
really in the Super Bowl, you know, you can't really win many games when you're playing the way Matt Stafford did. But luckily, you have that type of MVP caliber player who in could Cooper just call Cup. game at the exactly. end. Like literally, he just decided that he was going to assert his dominance over the Bengals defense and nobody on that secondary could really guard him. Yeah. And we saw that happen firsthand. Let me comment on that real quick, because I really agree with both of you. Odell was on fire in that game very early on. Looked like he could have potentially won the MVP, which had me scared because you did call for him to win the MVP, correct? And I pretty uh, much gave you yeah, shit Yeah, I said it. receiver. I had Odell okay. or Jamar Chase, and unfortunately. Very well could have happened, and a receiver ultimately did yeah. end up winning MVP. So, Andrew, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Congratulations. You. You're going to Disneyland. But oh. just the fact that Cup was able to really – I guess, pull himself up by the bootstraps at the end of the game because he really statistically didn't have that impressive of a game. He was held under his over for yards, right? Like, what was his over? I think it was, like, somewhere in the realm of 60 or 100. Was it 60 or 100? No, I think it was 104. 104? All right. Then yeah. I'm thinking I'm probably thinking his longest catch of the game or something along those lines. Odell? No, I'm talking about Cooper, Cup. Cup. So Cup was definitely held under yeah, yeah. his yeah. total yards. Mm-hmm. But still, to be able to get in the end zone twice, win the MVP – like he just finds, and a it all way. happened late in the game. Was it yeah. a hold? You know? like, do you think he it was did a hold? Have catches. Think it was a hold. That was a tough call. I was, so I'm going to tell you, they called it pass interference, and that made a difference to me because I had a bet of the longest or the shortest touchdown of the game being over one and a half yards. Had they called it pass interference, they would have been at the two yard line, or sorry, holding. It would have been halfway because they were at the four, halfway to the goal line of the two yard line. They called it pass interference, so they got it at the one. I was a little mad about the call. I certainly understand that. It would have wouldn't been more in the green than $1, but, you know, yeah. well, you could live with that. I know. Speaking of the green, I had in my block pool a score of 20 to 16 Rams. So at the end of the third quarter, I won $50. Nice. And if the game would have ended in that score, which very well could have if there was not a penalty called on that drive, I would have won $350 for the Ooh, game ending okay. in a score yeah. of 20 mm-hmm. to 16 Rams. So mm-hmm. it, that was the biggest takeaway for the flag. The refs had not been involved in that game up until that point for the most part. And you don't want to see them kind of insert themselves exactly. in such a cr- like it, critical it, moment it of the Super Bowl. It kills me because you don't know what would have happened if they just would have kept their hands out of their pockets or out of their belt buckles, for lack of a better term, and just let the game play out the way it should have. But then on the flip side, you have the argument of T. Higgins yeah. absolutely ripping Ramsey's head off. Yeah. Yep. The fact that that wasn't called. And then yeah. led to six. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I believe the serendipity is there. Ultimately, I think the refs should have not gotten involved, but they did. It was a fair call, and what happened happened. Yeah, no, I think the game played out kind of – we saw who the better team was, and that it is what it is. Facts. That was exactly – like, not exactly as you would think the game would play out, but if it was to come down to some sort of script and you had to write it, you would have probably written that the Rams would end up, you know, winning by three to a touchdown, and, you know, the spread was four. I saw that field goal get missed exactly. or whatever, and I was like, oh, my God, that's going to come back and bite that four-and-a-half spread. It was four-and-a-half for about a week-and-a-half prior to the Super Bowl. Then they changed it to four, and I was like, oh, man, if you bet that spread early, you're yeah. sick right now. Yeah, I was actually listening to the Entourage podcast. Shout-out, Victory Podcast. But uh, the writer of Entourage, Doug Ellen, was talking about how he got in on the Rams minus four early on, and then that missed extra point mm-hmm. came back, literally bit him in the ass, and he lost thousands of dollars. So, yeah. And he is not the only person out there that feels that way or had that happen to them. So you can only imagine all the people that woke up pretty angry all on Monday crazy, morning. There's a lot of crazy shit that happens in this Super Bowl, to yeah. be honest with you. It really, yeah, and every Americans year. love betting on it. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Americans love everything. They love it. They love gambling. <laughs> yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. we saw, I think I saw a TikTok that said over $9 billion was bet this weekend, Woo! this past weekend. I'm not surprised. Incredible. Not surprised. It's, a lot it's, of It's dough. incredible. And that's only in probably about like 15 to 20 states, right? You know, like that have legal yeah. sports betting. So open that up to the whole country and uh, – Let's stop the yeah. inflation. Am I right? right? right. <laughs> so yeah. let's bring the gas back down to a normal price. Maybe. I want to ask you guys another question. We talked a little bit about Cooper Cup, obviously. We did touch on Donald a little bit, but I wanted to specifically talk about the sack on the last drive of the game. Actually, I don't even know if you could call it a sack because Burrow did get the ball out of his hands. But two-part question here. A, if you're Joe Burrow, and again, this is a little X's and O's, but I think you guys would be able to give a good answer here. If you're Joe Burrow and you see Aaron Donald lining up on your left side, he ultimately ends up throwing it to his right side anyway. Would you have just bootlegged out of there and gotten out of the way? Like, that was my immediate reaction was like, why is he standing in the pocket when he knows who the most lethal defender is on the field and he could easily get away? And then the second part of the question, 
doesn't it look like Pirine just kind of gave zero effort in grabbing that ball? Like, it looked like a, a catchable pass. Yeah, and, uh, man, yeah. I kind of, I agree with what you're saying and the angle you're coming from. I think that that's really tough because you know Aaron Donald is on that side. You know it's coming down late in the game, and these are where, these are the, the times that those types of players make big-time plays. Show out. So, if you're Joe Burrow, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm not going towards that left side at all. And, I mean, you know, their defense is full of studs no matter where you turn. So I don't know if that was maybe a thought in his mind that, you know, I don't really have protection anywhere I go. No doubt. And I don't want to get caught, you know, blatantly um, kind of babying that left side and just get hit from the right. Absolutely It's actually rocked. a really so good point. I don't know if maybe that was the case, but I agree that I thought P. Ryan kind of lollygagged it almost like he kind of dogged it on me it reminded me of uh we talked about it, i think last episode the cam newton when he didn't die yeah, for the exactly ball. i was literally like what are like what are we doing exactly. this is the super bowl like i would have dove for that <laughs> I, i'll go i'll go the devil's advocate here i'll go the other side because i think from co from a coach's standpoint is i understand what you're saying get away from donald but you don't want to cut off half the field and that's the tough part it's a very that, good because you have too. to understand the season comes down to that the game comes down to that I think in a perfect world, had there been two timeouts, I don't even think they pass it. I think they probably run it. If they had a timeout to waste, they only had one. They couldn't use a timeout. Yeah, because um, then you can't set up for that field yeah, goal. Yeah, you need to be able to set up for the field goal. So I think cutting off half the field is probably a tough spot. No matter what, you had Von Miller on the other side. So it was tough either way. I mean, that's just what the Rams built their team to be. They wanted two pass rushers that would scare the crap out of every team. And, and they got what they wanted, and they got their ring out of it. I and for P. Ryan, I'm not looking at it from his angle, so I don't know how tough it was for him to catch, but Agreed. it's possible that he did just kind of say, crap, I can't get there, or crap, I really don't want to try to get hurt or anything. So I, it's the last play of the Super Bowl, so I get maybe go all out, but I don't have his angle, so I don't know. Exactly. They never did show an alternate angle, at least from what I saw on TV. They never showed an alternate angle, so it could have been like a depth perception kind of thing where it looked like he had an ability to catch it, but it really wasn't in his grasp. So... Just a point that I wanted to make, though. Are there any like specific things in the game that took place that you guys felt really propelled the Rams to victory or stopped the Bengals from being able to succeed and get the W? I think it was really that run game, honestly. I think that's really what it came down to for me is like neither team was able to establish a run at all. You know, they tried, too. You know, they, they tried everybody on each tried. roster. All the backs on both sides were running the ball just miserably and it was really hard to watch honestly the game slowed down for a while because of it too so I think that that was kind of an issue you knew that everyone was passing and it was just going to be kind of a, a slugfest of who could pass the ball and put six in more often so I think that's really ultimately what brought the Rams to victory um besides that I think that the Bengals will be back you know in the playoffs and back contending a lot of people have them missing the playoffs next year I saw I don't necessarily know about all that. I think they have too much of a foundation there to absolutely whiff next season, but they do have things to work on if they want to be a team that's, you know, contending every year they like have, these top they dogs. They have so many free agents, though. I think they're in, like a bunch of defenders on their team are free Bates agents. Is, yeah, them. Bates I'm, is the main one. He's a free agent. I think the Rams have some free agents, too. Obviously, Odell is the main one, but obviously it really doesn't look like he's going to be playing much next yeah, year so he'll, he'll probably take a, a discount i hate yeah. to say hometown discount because yeah. he literally just got in la six yeah. months ago but yeah. because of the fact that he is injured you would yeah. think he'd take that discount no he's going to play for a good team when he does get mm -hmm. healthy i agree with you there andrew yeah for the Bengals, I, I don't think they miss the playoffs necessarily but i don't think they win that division that division is going to be i would think tougher the ravens are going to be healthy again the Browns are what they are, and I don't they, know really what the Steelers they are. They definitely but. do, but they could easily flip it around because they've showed under Stefanski that they can win games, they can make the playoffs, and they can win playoff games. Yeah, show me who your quarterback is first, all right? Fair. Baker Mayfield stinks. We'll have right. to see if he comes into the year healthy. Obviously, he had that shoulder issue from trying to make a tackle early in the season. But I, to touch on Matt's ultimate point of people not thinking the Bengals could make the playoffs next year, I think that Andrew really just set it up as to why they may not, and because they do play in a tough division. And specifically in the Ravens' case, the Ravens were a talented team this year. They were – I'm just going to take a whiff at this, but I believe they were like 8-4 and four at one point. Yeah. Like many games over 500. Yeah. Then Lamar started having some injury issues. Huntley played well for them, but they just couldn't win games at the end. And then Harbaugh made a lot of bonehead decisions. Two that specifically come to mind were the, the times that he went for two on – 
at the end of the game where they yeah. could have easily kicked an extra point and went to overtime. So factors like that and the fact that it feels like the Bengals really caught lightning in a bottle, I could I could see them maybe missing the playoffs next year, yeah. but I also could see them easily making it. So out of all the teams that made the playoffs and didn't that could miss next year, I'd probably go Bengals and Niners are the top two probably. Or the Raiders. No. No? Well, no I like the Raiders. No, you know me. I like the Raiders. So I think that's the Raiders cool. are And they got McDaniels now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solid coaching. So <laughs> the only thing that really stood out to me was in the running game is I was very surprised Cam Akers could not do anything. Yeah, he wasn't he could not much. do anything early and really in the middle of the game. Neither too. did Sony, you know, and we've seen him yeah. rip up like truthfully better defenses than the Bengals have. I mean, prior like in the season, he was shredding. I think he had like what? What was his three touchdown game against? It's a good question. I'll look that up real quick. He had that monster game, and I think yeah. it was against like a, a decent defense. So yeah. I was very surprised to see you know both of those guys get shut down as well. Yeah. And I mean, they were finally able. I said it to Steve yesterday. They were finally able to find Henderson on some wheel routes and kind of yeah. you know get him going out I of wanna, the backfield. I want to spread catches. some love for Henderson because he he helped me all throughout the fantasy year, and he's kind of disappeared in the playoffs because of Cam Akers. He was really only doing wheel routes and stuff. He really wasn't running much. Spread some love for him. He helped a lot of people this year. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. He My brother great... actually played Call of Duty with him once. Oh, good oh man. wow, really? Good yeah. Man. yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> he was very, very productive. Not to get too off topic, oh, yeah. but so productive in fantasy early oh, on in yeah. the year. Like yeah. 27 points a game, just getting touches and getting in the end zone and then obviously dealt with some injuries. But just the stats I'm looking at here for Michelle in the Super Bowl – I hope these are accurate. I'm looking right on Google, so you would hope that they are providing accurate information. But it looks like he had two attempts for two yards, obviously one yard average on his rushes, zero touchdowns, zero receptions. So barely made an effect Stinker. on the stat sheet at all. Granted, you got to look at it like if they gave him two attempts, yeah. like you got to get it, give a guy an opportunity to get going a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that ultimately is the reason why they just couldn't muster up any success in the run game. That boy still got a ring, no. no yeah. You're not lying, man. You're absolutely not Georgia wrong. boy. Yeah. But on the Bengals side, it felt like they didn't do enough to get their running backs involved. No. And granted, they knew going into the game that it was going to be a predominant passing attack because of the fact that the Rams could get after them so easily on the front four. But still, and I heard this on the radio, so it's not an original thought, but they didn't do enough of the screen game to try to slow down and mitigate the rush of the Rams. And then when they were rushing the ball, it was just really vanilla dives up the middle. Like the, I didn't. It looks like a nice Jason Garrett offense. Yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> just boring as shit yeah. in vanilla. They just like third and eight, and they're going just Joe Mixon two yards up the middle. And I'm just yeah. like, what are we doing? Did they this, run a toss once? No, they didn't. That's like their bread and butter, yo, is get Mixon out and give him space. Out in the field, give Literally, him space, let, let him work. work. Exactly. If they it didn't do any of it. If it hadn't been for like that, what was it, 60-yard catch by Chase, I honestly don't know how much they scored because they were looking like they were going to get blown out. Yeah. And then they had this, what, 60-yard Are you talking about the Higgins one? No, no, no. Chase early, and they were catch. down at like the 10 yard line, okay. and then it was very easy for them to score. Yeah, if it had Odell got hurt, that. and that's when I was like, oh, here yeah. we go. Like the momentum it, was shifting. It was what? Was it 14 nothing, or was it 10? It was 13 nothing. 13, yeah. 13 because he missed a field goal. And then I was like, well, this might get ugly. And then they make this long catch, and I'm like, oh, crap. They're not they're done. They're back. Yeah. yeah they're Which back. they had done every game. Like, yeah, as soon literally. as you think they're done, bang, right back. A lot in of it. teams make comebacks. I think that'd be a good way to uh, move over to the NBA, maybe. All right. Be a good way to segue if you want. Up to you guys. I was just going to say maybe we could comment on the actual bets that we did place. Oh, sure. Specifically, like, on our Twitter page for the Super Bowl. That way we can kind of find out where we were right, where we were wrong. Yeah. You guys down for that? Sure. I'm just looking at mine that I did post on Twitter. By the way, just an easy way to segue into reminding all of you listening to please follow us at ML Madness Pod on Twitter. We're really trying to grow our page, really trying to – become more of an interactive show Absolutely. and that is the way that we're going to be able to attain that so please follow us on twitter at ml madness pod but getting back to our specific bets that we posted on twitter my super bowl parlay was the rams minus six and a half <laughs> odell beckham anytime touchdown scorer which obviously hit then i had Mixon over receiving yards <laughs> and then i had burrow over 11 and a half rushing which obviously <laughs> so i did not have a great day overall but i did hit on anybody but a quarterback to win mvp so that's where i made that 32 dollars back and had a decent outing how about you guys nice talk to me andy okay so yeah i had um i had the coin toss i had okay. heads boom nice uh Love the it. combined Dumb. for 600 yards passing between burrow and stafford that didn't happen the shortest touchdown being over one and a half yards wrong they threw a one yard touchdown pass so tough 
Um, Matthew Stafford's first pass to be incomplete or intercepted. That was wrong. I was pretty pissed about that one, actually. It went right into Acres' hands, too. It looked like he dropped it. Damn. First touchdown score, Odell. Boom. That was the big one. Odell to score two touchdowns. It looked like he was on his way to it, and then he got hurt. Sucks. That's a tough one. It happens. The over, 48 and a half. Wrong. And then uh, the final score, I did uh, 31-21 Rams. That was wrong as well. I did have the hockey one that I did. I was at the game, member. Scored a goal right in front of my face. I was very hey, excited. Nice. Very nice, excited. So, yeah. How about so it was you, a Maddie? good Sunday. Uh, truthfully, my bets this weekend were pretty uh, pretty simple. Uh, I took advantage of the FanDuel offer of the sign up for five dollars and win two eighty. I got and fucked on that somehow. Like- I signed my mom and my dad up, and my mom and dad bet on the Rams, and then I went to my grandma's house and I put my grandma on the Bengals just in case Word. it's a backup plan. Hedge those bets. Yep. So uh, I was able to win a quick two eighty from my mom's FanDuel account, and I gave my dad's two eighty to them. You know, let them keep a little. You're a good man. You're yeah, a I good do, man. I do what That's I can. What talking about. And then uh, me, myself, um, I don't have a DraftKings account, so I made one to get their bet. And uh, truthfully, uh, much respect to FanDuel for being better than DraftKings in literally every single aspect of betting because they were – like DraftKings is absolutely awful. You won um, $280 for the $5 bet, obviously, the same promo that FanDuel does, except you get – free bets and they don't yeah they don't give you it all in one bet. yeah you got to do like Like, four fifty dollar bets or however it adds up it was uh seven forty dollar free bets and you want to know the real kicker when you bet on a team you don't win the forty dollars you only get the only get the payout fanduel they give you the payout not knowing that and only having experience with fanduel i was watching college basketball that day and I forget. I think it was New Hampshire. They were down. New they, Hampshire. They were uh, minus two thousand, and I was like, "Oh, bro! Like I have a forty dollar free bet. Like minus two thousand. Let me just make quick forty bucks." I think the payout was literally one dollar. I put forty the forty dollar free one bet. Buck. Oh, I come no. back on an hour later, and in my account, I have one dollar. Dude, you were the one rating for the New Hampshire. That's how they. Do, that's how they do that though. They they want you to bet on like the doggiest of the dogs. They exactly. want you to put on like They're a really, plus yeah. twenty one hundred. Yeah. Exactly. So after finding that out, um. I kind of switched over to uh, some basketball parlays because that's really where my bread and butter comes in. No doubt. And I won four out of my seven. So I was able to take home actually $280 from those parlays, equivalent, you know, another uh, free bet. So they essentially did give me the money for the uh, free bet. So got some cash over the weekend. You know, it's a goal on the Moneyline Madness podcast, you know, bring our viewers some money. I was going to say, ultimately, Matt is really the only one that had. More wins than losses yeah. over the weekend, just based off the amount of money that he made. And what I was showing Andrew, Matt, while you yeah. were talking, shame was, on him. I, I'm sick to shame. my stomach thinking about it now. I had the bet placed for Odell, for Odell. Beckham. Yes, I remember score, you saying that. And I withdrew it five it was plus minutes like before. 800, the, plus right? 800, five dollar bet would have won me forty dollars. Withdrew it because I was like, ah, like it's such a tough one to call. So wait a minute, just, you I'm did you hit it? Did you hit it before noon? Because I had it at plus nine fifty, so I hit it at like noon. So you had to hit it. I hit it either late. before or after. after. Like so I you, you're telling me you like made the bet and you were like, yes, ten minutes I'm later, like you, shit, no, nah, this isn't gonna happen. Rough timeline. That's, you're exactly that's what right. Really happens though. Like I yeah, definitely I feel place that. it, and then I'm like, oh my god, can yeah. I cash it out? I like, placed that thing rough timeline at like five ten. Mm-hmm. At five forty five, I was like, eh. and the thing is, once you go back and you're like, I need to cash it out. Like there's no like. There's no turning back. Once yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have placed that. There's no like, oh, you know what? I'll let it I'll ride. leave it. Yeah. Like, I have to go back, and I'm just freaking it out. It could and be I'm like, $1. oh, my God, it's not going to happen. That, uh, that hour before the Super Bowl, very nervous. I could tell for sh- for Stephen over here. So. I was. I was. <laughs> I was, man. It was, I was, a, it was a big game. That's, that's crazy. But any more thoughts on the Super Bowl before we wrap up? And start talking some NBA? No, I just can't wait to watch the Packers playing it next year. That's all. There are future bets for the Super Bowl, which I figure we'll touch on next week. Yeah, we'll touch on eventually. Yeah. Matt, anything else on the SB? Yeah, no, I think I'm good to wait until next week. You know, let Joe Shane make some moves for us and uh, (laughs) so I can put my my fat bet in. Word up. I love that. All right, well, we'll be right back on the Moneyline Madness podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking some hardwood. And we are back on the Moneyline Madness podcast. Thank you for listening while we talked and reacted to the Super Bowl that took place on Sunday. Now, boys, time to talk some hardwood, talk some NBA. 
We got a good slate tonight. Matt, you want to get us kicked off there with the Heat and the Hornets? Yeah, I really like uh, you know what we got going on tonight in the NBA. This is the last day before the All-Star break. So Very good note. We want to make sure we get some money in there. Get it rolling. Absolutely. The NBA is, like I said, that's my bread and butter. That's where I get my money made. Uh, one thing about me. I'm very straight up with my NBA picks. I like straight bets a lot more than I do parlays just because, you know, these parlays, a lot of times you put five or six legs in it and it all comes down to one leg that bites you in the butt. So what I've been doing is going with one or two leg parlays if I'm really going to go that route, maybe even three, and then kind of keeping it to some straight bets to kind of hedge that because the straight bets seem to always work out in my favor. You know, those are the ones I really dive and do the analytics on, so... I always, not always, but I try to make sure that I win those ones. And uh, Noted. yeah, so um, I'm going to go for that uh, Heat and Hornets game. I'm looking at Lamella Ball over seven and a half assists. The guy Lamella. is dishing out like a madman. And honestly, he sh- I think he should have been an all-star. Um, definitely not that guy in Boston. He had, like, I guess he had a good game the other night, but I mean, whatever. Truthfully. He should have definitely been a reserve. Like one <laughs> yeah, of the guys that they ab- drafted absolutely. after the starting lineups. I agree. And then I'm going to go with uh, Miles Bridges over two and a half threes. Uh, the guys, once he's held, or when he's healthy, he's an absolute menace on the court. He's in year three. We're seeing him take that next step. And I think if Lamelo is going to have eight assists, I think easily one or two of them could come on a driving kick to Miles Bridges. With that being said, this is where I juice up the parlay a little bit. I think that the Heat are going to have a win margin of 11 plus and. That drives this parlay all the way up to plus seventeen ninety five. So yeah, a lot of money to be made there if you just want to dabble on it lightly. Uh, I do believe that the Lamella Ball and Miles Bridges picks are certainly almost certain locks. Oh, I thought he was um, going to actually say lock of the week. No, nah, I got. I'm, I'm saving that for uh, a little later in our slate. But okay. I'm going to go with the uh, the Heat winning this game. They've uh, kind of let up a little bit on the gas going into the break. So I think they're going to try and blow out the Hornets one last time. Like you said earlier, we've seen the Heat hold them to less than 100 points in the past multiple matchups that they've had. And although the Hornets do score a lot of points, the Heat are known to slow down the game and kind of play that defensive side of the half court. So, so what are those odds one more them. time before we head to Andy? Uh, I'm going with Lamella Ball, over 7.5 assists. Miles Bridges, over 2.5 threes made. And a Heat win margin of 11+. Plus, and that comes out to plus 17.95. A whopper of a bet. Yeah. AB, where are you at? All right, so I'm a little mad because I had three points, player points. All of them just closed. Literally the only three players that closed in the Charlotte-Miami game was LaMelo, Bam Adebayo, and Duncan Robinson. All of their points just closed, so I can't bet them anymore. Interesting. So I'm changing it to I have the Heat covering the five. It's five now. Okay. Fuck. Um, Five, yeah. It doesn't really matter. It just messes up my bet. Uh It's – um. The Heat cover in the minus five. I'm going to go over on Terry Rozier because I can't bet LaMelo Ball now. And I'm going to go under for Montrez Harold. 13 and a half seems a little bit high for Montrez Harold. So that's really all I have there. That, it all combined together for some reason. So I don't have an actual parlay number. I'll try and Trez going that. up against Bam. That's a tough matchup. For yeah, him. that's yeah. not something that Bam's I can see. Bam's been playing like a nut lately. He's an yeah. absolute monster, man. I really so like his me... game get you those odds real quick andy while you're getting the odds i'm just going to let people know where i'm at on the game if that's all right with you of course so the heat have beaten the hornets in their last two meetings and they've held the hornets under 100 points in both of those games but the hornets have been scoring a lot of points they put up 141 last friday against the pistons so obviously yeah yeah, they're a young team exactly to shoot they play fast they like to shoot just like matt said so considering all those factors i am going to take the heat line slash total parlay in this so they're going to cover that minus five they're going to hit the over of 225 and a half that comes in let me get the updated odds on that that comes in at plus 230 so it dropped 10 points earlier it was plus 240 now it's plus 230 but i really feel like this is the night where the hornets could get over 100 points but they're still going to lose ultimately by that minus five so again minus five over 225 and a half at plus 240 book it Cool. And, Andy, um, you get those my odds. odds were plus 592 so you put 10 bucks you make 59 so there you go All pretty right. solid yeah we'll take it and i just said plus 240 but again plus 230 by the way did, did you make a comment about Jalen brown that i didn't hear um or no i think you heard it well, yeah, i heard it i heard you heard. say it 
But then it didn't register until now. Yeah, it's bullshit that he's not in this All-Star game. Just saying. Okay. Yeah, All right, happens. well, next game, Wizard and Nets. I guess I'll kick us off here because I know that I differ from you two on this game, correct? Yes, sir. All right, yeah. so for me, the Wizards are a hard team to get a read on because they win games that they shouldn't it and they lose games that they shouldn't. it. True. The Nets play a lot of games close. Game wasn't really close last night. Well, man. I was going to say, that game <laughs> wasn't close the whole time. They ended up bringing it back, though. They yeah. won. But, like, an example of what I'm saying is their last game against the Wizards, actually, they lost 113-112 to 112 on February 10th. So they obviously play close games. There's other games, if you go and look, where the final score is close. But given that spark that Simmons trade seems to have provided the Nets, plus that big win last night against the Knicks, I'm sorry, Matt, I'm going to take Brooklyn here to win by 1-5 to five or 6-10. to 10. And the reason I feel comfortable at both is because they're both at odds of plus 4-10. So you really just got to pick whether you think it's going to be a close game or a semi-close game. So, but either way, you're riding with the Nets. Exactly. I'm riding with the Nets, and I'm taking the 1-5 to five or the 6-10. to 10. I've yet to decide. I may bet on both. Okay. Yeah, um, we both we do disagree because I have the Wizards. Mostly, I'm mostly looking at it as um, you're coming off of an unbelievably amazing win for the Nets. Comeback, incredible at MSG, all the energy. And I kind of feel like they're going to sleepwalk through the last game of the All-Star break before they all go on their vacations or whatever the hell they're going to do. Who cares? Um, but coming out, going into that, I feel like they're kind of going to sleepwalk tonight. So I do think it's going to be a close game. Even if the Wizards don't win, I have them covering the four and a half. I think okay. very close game. But I do think the Wizards are going to win because I just the Nets are coming off a high-energy game and teams usually sleepwalk. They could prove me wrong, but I, I don't expect that. That's... Not Using that logic, well. it certainly could go either way. And, yeah. Matt, I know you still got to get your picks out. But I'm just saying, like, yes, teams that typically play exasperating games the night before, yes, they typically do show a lull the next day. Yes. But I just I feel this energy with the Nets right now where, like, they've got Simmons in their locker room. they got Things new have guys. changed. they got Every, new guys. Everybody's kind of feeling refreshed. Exactly. And, where you're and on the flip side of what you said, going into an all-star break, you want to keep momentum high. So why not play your balls off and you win do. a game? You do want to keep your momentum high. But I, I said it last night about the Celtics. Teams that are, you know, in the playoff hunt, in the playoff spot, they're looking at it like, oh, I got a vacation coming up or I got the all-star game coming up. It's it's just one more game. I got to just get through it. And it's I get it's, it's a regular from. season game, but it's like a, I want to get through this. Just like the NFL players where they're yeah. thinking about their golf trip in Costa Rica. Or yeah, usually hell. those are teams that aren't in the – obviously those are teams that aren't in the playoffs. So. All right, Maddie, let, let's hear it. Well, if you've been listening to this show for the past <laughs> couple of weeks, you know that I am a big fan of the player performance doubles. And finally, they have reopened for this game. Yes. So, Attaboy. looking at that, with that being said, um, I am all over Kyle Kuzma tonight. And I honestly think that you could go either way here with Kyle Kuzma 10-plus rebounds in Washington to win. That comes in at plus 350. Or you could go with a Kyle Kuzma 3 threes in Washington to win. That's plus 440. Or you could go with Kyle Kuzma 25 points in Washington to win. And that comes in at plus 480. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Matt, why are you betting on Kyle Kuzma like this? Is he really that light-skinned and handsome that you think <laughs> he's going to have that good of a game tonight? Well, those may also be true, but they are not the reason that I am betting on him tonight. So my explanation is Brooklyn really has no choice but to play small. They almost just traded Nick Claxton. He's not playing right now. Love you, Nick Claxton. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't really like Georgia him Georgia boy. But anyways, so they <laughs> usually go with LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin as their big men. With oh, that God. being said, they – stretch the floor a little more than you know the traditional center does the wizards just traded montrez harrell you know we talked about him a couple minutes oh, yeah. ago so they do not have anybody playing center except for kyle kuzma and right now porzingis isn't in their lineup just yet, not yet. but kyle kuzma's been playing the five and the guy has been on fire he really he has you know he's not playing with lebron anymore he's got a chip on his shoulder you know that ex laker chip that he really wants to prove something that he's been shipped out of town oh, yeah. and he's been balling and i'm i'm not his biggest fan but i think that with the way he's been playing he definitely deserves respect and like steve said the nets are coming on a back-to-back -back, and this is uh you know it's been a long night for them this is a game that they, I could easily see them coming in. They're at home. They're at the Barclays. It's not their first unit on the court for them. And I could see Kyle Kuzma kind of taking advantage of that and using his size. And three three-pointers, it may be a little bit of a stretch. It is the obviously the biggest odds on there. That one comes in at plus 480. But 
I like it. And three threes really doesn't seem like a lot, especially with this day and age in the NBA. If Kyle Kuzma's spreading the floor the way we've seen him do it in you know the past couple games or in the uh, beginning of the season, I think that the Wizards have a good shot not only to win this game, but for both of those things to happen. And one thing that I really like about the player performance props is that it only ever it may seem like a parlay because of the odds and because it is two legs, but it really is only two legs. Yeah. You know, you're really just rooting for Kyle Kuzma to get those 25 points because if Kuzma gets 25 points, more likely than not, the Wizards are going to win that ball game, especially against a second unit Brooklyn yeah. Nets squad. So that's what I'm riding with for this game. I'm not sure if you guys have any more else on that game. On that game, no, but I definitely agree with your logic there with what you just posed. He uh, made a he made a comment about Kyle Kuzma, and I, I just want to say the most impressive thing I've ever seen is that chip on your shoulder after you leave, leave the Lakers. Lately, it's just been like everybody, Jordan Ingram, because Jordan they could have yeah, Clarkson, Randall, I mean, they uh, could have kept all of those guys. Yeah. You would have had to pay them, but you could have kept them yeah. and then also paired them with LeBron and. With the way that Anthony Davis has been injured, yeah. I think that you would have been in a better position oh, with yeah. those guys oh, than you yeah. would with AD and, you know, Russell Westbrook. So He's so disappointing. Yeah. Well, both, both of those of guys you just listed. <laughs> Westbrook had a fairly decent game last night, though, compared to how he's been playing. Like, yeah, his, uh, his Laker career, disappointing. Definitely, Anthony Davis's career in L.A., probably not disappointing because you did get the ring, ring and yeah. he hit just... that big shot. But the injury problems are just lingering. And, you know, yeah. a team with him and LeBron, with how – kind of all-time great these guys are yeah. one ring just doesn't feel like enough no, honestly no. especially with how much they traded for him so yeah that's the thing is the compensation does it does one ring equate to the compensation exactly and say probably yeah. not well with that being said we're gonna move on to new orleans where you could find another member of that squad brandon ingram and his pelicans are taking on the dallas mavericks and luka Doncic. so i'm not sure if you guys want to go first here but i uh I think this is going to be a pretty decent game. I'll go first, if you don't mind, Andrew. Go ahead. All right, well, looking at it, the Pels had a tough game against Memphis on Tuesday, and I think they're ultimately going to have their hands full again against the Mavs tonight. The Mavs have won five of their last six, and they only lost to the Clips in heartbreaking fashion by a score of 99-97. to So tonight, I'm taking the Brunson over one-and-a-half threes, over 17 and a half points for Brunson, and then I'll pair that with the Mavs' money line. It was at three points plus 345 earlier when I put that together this morning, but let me just get updated odds on that while you boys give your bets. Okay. And yeah, I'm with them on the Brunson over 17 and a half points. Wow. And, uh, I'm also on the CJ McCollum under 21 and a half, and I have – wait, where did it go? Sorry. Um, the Mavericks winning the game by more than two and a half, so covering the two and a half there. Okay. That's wow. What I have on that one. Well, if we're looking just solely at this game – one thing I really like is the fact that the Pelicans are at home. So I think that that'll give them somewhat of an advantage being at the Smoothie King Arena. Um, they've been playing good basketball to me. So I'm going to really ride that wave right now, even though they are the underdogs. And like you said, the Mavericks have won five of their last six. I'm going to ride with a little Jonas Valanciunas, double-double, and New Orleans to win. Jonas. And so, yeah, Jonas, Jonas, whatever. If he wants to be a Joe bro, like, go ahead. Yes. He, he could be the fourth Joe bro. Let's sure. Go. Why not? The little seven-foot Joe bro. Fifth Jonas. Could you imagine, bro? So that comes in at plus 230. And I'm going to pair that along with a game that comes later in our slate. But Giannis outside of Kumpo, double-double in Milwaukee to win. And that's going to be my lock of the week. Ooh. So Word? you put those two together on a parlay. And it actually comes out to a little cheeky plus 565 so all you need Giannis double double milwaukee to win unfortunately against steve sixers tonight (laughs) um and then a Jonas valanciunas double double in new orleans to win and honestly the Giannis one was plus 108 itself that one seems kind of free the sixers they are playing like obviously decent basketball but they're not full strength right now and uh we're seeing that and you know with no seth curry or andre drummond anymore i think that Giannis, you know he had that monster 50 point performance the other night and i think he's just going to kind of keep that momentum going into this uh all-star break we're talking about sixers now no i was i was just pointing that out as the addition to my lock of the week okay um but the Jonas valanciunas double double and new orleans to win was my pick for the dallas pelicans game so i think that uh has been a really good matchup in the paint with kind of anybody this season um, he's a 2022 type of center that allows you to stretch the floor, but also has the size to play that rough and kind of interior defense. So with that being said, I don't think the Mavericks have a big that he could kind of 
get stopped by. Yeah. You know, they traded Porzingis, and yeah, I don't yeah, even not, think Porzingis uh, really could have held him like that. He's a toothpick. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that Jonas Valanciunas double-double and the New Orleans Pelicans to win. Nice. I love that. And just a reiteration of the odds on my parlay. Again, Brunson over 17.5 points. Brunson over 1.5 threes. And money line for the Mavs. Dropped a little bit. Now plus 336. So still good odds. Cool. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess if you do want to move on, we can talk about that Sixers-Bucks game. I'm not sure if you really do want to talk about it much, <laughs> being that you guys are right now sitting at a plus six. And playing at Milwaukee against this Milwaukee Bucks core, just it isn't easy, man. Yeah, and, and we talked about it before we hit record, but the Sixers seem to be in a bit of a transition phase right now. They just got absolutely shellacked by the Celtics oh, yeah. on Tuesday. So, again, Andrew. Thank you, thank you. All praise. applause for Andrew. Quite an enjoyable game to watch, to be honest with you. But in all honesty, prior to that, we had won three of the four games, and we only lost to the Suns at home by a score of 114 to 109. It's obvious the Suns are a really good team out in the West. So I, I believe, again, the loss, you could attribute that to the fact that we're in a bit of a transition phase. We just got Simmons out finally. We brought in Harden. We brought in Millsap. Millsap actually did play in that game. So obviously he's got to kind of figure out who he is on our team. But it's tough for me to pick this game. I love the Sixers so much, but I got to go away from them tonight, and I got to take the Bucks. They're going to win this game. And something that might fall a bit under the radar is the fact that Drew Holiday used to be a Sixer. So I'm going to take him at plus 300 to make three plus threes. He usually shoots on average about five a night, but I think Due to the fact that he was a former Sixer, he's going to want to show out, show people that he can still ball. So give me three plus threes for Drew Holiday at plus 300. And while these boys give their picks, I'm going to just get updated odds on that. Um, yeah, for the for this game, the Bucks Sixers, obviously. The Sixers looked like crap the other day. All right. They are in a transition, and I'll give them a lot of credit because they are playing really their man short. They traded for James Harden. So they're not playing with Curry. Obviously, he's gone. Drummond, they're so they're short, which and they're still going to be short tonight. So I don't see it changing. I, Milwaukee's probably the best team in the East, if not, it's the Heat. But I'd probably say Milwaukee. So I don't think Can't it's going to be with you. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be any different. I think they're going to get beat again pretty bad. But I also have a little bit of a more difficult one. These two can't be parlayed, unfortunately. But I'm doing just going single bets. I have the Bucks covering the spread, but I have Giannis getting a triple double. Because I was looking at the triple-double props as well. Because I'm not sure. I think it was Tatum. But somebody on the south, I think it was Tatum, was like a couple rebounds away from being, from getting a triple-double. If if Tatum, who's what, 6'8", can can do it, it Giannis is like 6'11". He's going to get the, the rebound. Yeah. So he's if he can just get to that assist rate, which I expect him to do, he's got the teammates to do it. So I have him getting a triple-double in this one. That's why a double-double to me and the win kind of seemed pretty free. Plus yeah, 108, that's free. Like, yeah. I feel like you could still bet on that in addition to like what I was saying earlier with the Jonas yeah. Valanciunas and kind of hedge that because the Giannis double-double is almost a lock. Yeah. And really, it only comes down to them winning the game. And like you said, they're un the Sixers are undermanned. So yeah. really, that part isn't even scaring me that much. If you really don't think that the Giannis thing could happen or if you're really like, huh, I don't know if I'm going to ride the Bucks like that, one thing that I was looking at value-wise, if you could just put a dollar on it, was a Joel Embiid triple-double tonight. And that comes in at plus 2,300. And even if you just want to throw a bean on it and, you know, say he really does have that good game rolling into the mm -hmm. All-Star break, that covers the Giannis stinker if that is to happen. I mean, dude, that's certainly not unheard of. Like, the fact that he could put on triple-double tonight. He balls he could out easily, every game. He could have a triple-double, and then Giannis could up, put up the double-double yeah, yeah. and then win. Yeah, you know, exactly. that could easily happen. The guy yeah, is an the, absolute monster The thing season. with the Sixers is even when Harden gets back, their rebounding is going to be short now that they don't have Drummond. They, they don't have really a second rebounder other than Embiid, and, and he's going to get all the rebounds. So you basically know he's going to come away with 10 every game anyway. And maybe even more. So it's really all about the other the assists thing. Yeah, I was, I was they don't looking have, to give them Nerlens Noel. Yeah, the sh <laughs> of course you were. The oh, shooter, God. the shooters are the shooters were the issue the other night for Philly. I mean, they got their shots up. They just weren't falling. If yeah, they can that's shoot, the thing, then they'll though, be a good team. Is yeah. that that's not really who we are all the time? Like, yeah, we can make shots. It yeah. does scare me though the fact that Steph, rather Seth, Seth Curry, <laughs> not Steph, was probably our most consistent three point shooter, and yeah. the fact that he's gone now. 
kind of worries me. Like kind who's going to fill that in? Yeah, they're kind of yeah, putting Danny a lot Green on. Just ain't that guy. They're no, kind of putting a lot on Maxi in that. So, yeah, yeah, they but, are. But he'll get the, the shot. Kid is a stud. He, yeah, he just stud. had a rough game. Such a stud. And truthfully, with young guys, exactly. Like if you have a young guy with that much talent like sometimes the best thing to do is to throw him into the fire like that oh, because yeah. you see like with the Knicks and Emmanuel quickly like they're kind of in somewhat of the same situation like Maxi and quickly they're both Kentucky guards they played together and they both have a similar play style like at the guard spot so there's no reason that Tibbs shouldn't be using quickly yeah. in that same spot that yeah. they're using Maxi yeah. and you see Maxi is able to thrive and he could even somewhat run an offense with mm-hmm. Embiid on the floor yeah. take a little bit of the offensive pressure off of him and it's working out I mean yeah. they're confident enough in him to ride with him as the number two guy right now until James Harden could come back so I think you could argue that Maxi and Ben Simmons are very relatable in terms of who they are as players because although Maxi's willing to put up shots from behind the line like I said, he's kind of wildly inconsistent. Like some nights he'll make three for five and some nights he'll go 0 for five. But he's super aggressive on the offensive boards, or rather on the offensive side of the ball when he's yeah. getting to the net. So in fast break offense where Ben Simmons thrives, he thrives as well. And his best offensive play is around the net. Also, very similar to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons probably is the better defender, but I think Maxi can progress through I think the Max, next one or two seasons I think and Max become is going to have a better career than Ben Simmons will. I definitely agree with that. Just I he, hope so. At <laughs> least in Philly, I hope so. I think dude, I mean I just don't like I'm just not a big Ben Simmons Character. guy like no, I've never been, I've never him, been like him being in New York, like it's a good thing he went to Brooklyn because if he came to the other side of New York, like he wouldn't have been treated he with such He don't have the character, bro. He's he just doesn't. he's a me guy. Yeah. In a, in a me league, so he, that's why he's able to get away with it to a certain extent. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you still have to be down for your brothers on the team and just have to be willing to, like, put your ego aside and, and also ignore the fan. He's just got so much shit he, going on. He really does. Him, so I, I do hope story. I hope the mental Ill, the mental health is, is all better. I really do pray for him in that way. But, and yeah, he's got a lot of shit going on. Want to take us to the Rockets and Clippers and wrap this NBA Yeah, I, I know you guys are bigger on this game than I am. I couldn't care less about the Rockets, let's be honest. I mean, they're I mean, one I'm of the worst teams. much in the same boat as you. Yeah. I don't really give a crap about it. Yeah, I think you guys had a parlay on it. The, really, the only thing that interests me is because I can't really find any player, any anything player on Yeah, there are none. Yeah, there's it's no player. Like so, really, quarter. the only thing is the Clippers covering the 10.5. 11 points should not be a difficult win for them, to be honest with you. So, that's really the only thing I have on that. Maybe hit the under because I was the just going to say much, an yeah. alternate spread. You could go on under there. And uh, we could get a little bit of a Clipper action for Clippers minus, where was it? I'm thinking Clippers maybe minus, 14, 15 maybe. I was going to say minus 12. Yeah. Because that's where, uh, you know, we start seeing a little more greenery. Yeah. Clippers minus 11 and a half. That's plus 106. So, I mean, the Rockets stink. Man. They do. Yeah, they, they just stink. traded Dice, too. Obviously, he's back on your uh I love Tice. Boston. Yeah. They do have Dennis Schroeder, though, who has been oh, a solid scorer. Hey, yeah. listen, he's going to be their best, yeah, one yeah. of their best players. I was well, just going to say that, though. Is Schroeder being your best player, like anything that you should pat yourself on the back about? But yeah. let's be honest. He's their best player. Was Daniel Tice their best player? No, they no. have a new best player. And I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, thing, yeah, I, I just don't really know if a backcourt of Jalen Green and Dennis Scrotum is really just no, 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 no. I'm not saying they're winning anything. I'm just saying you're getting a player who has he's in a contract year. He's going to be working. He might be bought. Hundred percent. So he might get bought out. Actually, I'm hearing. I don't know. The Lakers are interested in him again. For him, I hope he gets bought out so that he has a chance to play in the playoffs. But nothing but respect to Jalen Green, though, man. Either way, he's going to get played. He does play very hard. Yeah. For being on a team that's very unrecognized. Yeah. So, and I mean that kind of leads me to my point. I'm an East Coast kind of guy. Obviously, we live on the East Coast, and I'm not staying up till 10:30 at night yeah. to watch friggin' teams like this play. So I, I unfortunately do. <laughs> dude, well, that's you're very dedicated. For baseball to the NBA. season, I will. For baseball yeah, season, see, we I all stay have our sports though. Like, you're gonna yeah. watch NBA. He'll late. watch NBA. You're gonna watch baseball yeah. late, and I'm gonna watch football late. Yeah. But well, my, for you, football late. They, the latest the game starts right, is eight. But that's not my right? fault. That's grandpa. Come they're on. The best, that's because they're the best league in the yeah. world. They know what they're doing. But really, all that aside. Two teams in the West that I don't pay much attention to on a day-to-day basis. But I think I know enough to feel confident in taking the Clips to score under the 120 and a half. Just them to score 120 and a half under. Because they haven't scored more than 120 points in a game since January 19th when they lost to the Nugs in overtime 130 to 128. So I'm going to take that one step further and take the Clippers to score under 120 and a half points Mm -hmm. and also combine that with the spread 
Clippers minus 11 altogether gives me odds of plus 429. Again, that was this morning. They probably adjusted a little bit, but I see value in combining those two for that game. And no, I'm not going to give it as my lock of the week. I'm still thinking about that. My lock is NASCAR, so you can... There you go. Matt already gave his lock of the week. Yeah, my lock of the week. Oh, yeah. Jonas double-double. How how did you guys do last week? I'm 0-6 now. My lock of the week last week was, um, I believe, an NBA parlay of Joel Embiid. I think it was him, 30 points in Philly to win, and then Steph Curry, 25 in Golden State to win. And the Embiid part happened, and Philly won. But uh, Steph Curry put up 18, and they lost. So. GG's only. And I, I put had... like a six-leg parlay together, and I'm going to assume that at least three of them didn't hit. Oh, yeah. oh so. that was the night that the Knicks beat the Warriors. Because I was yeah, like, oh, what yeah, the the, hell it's the Warriors there? and MSG. Steph's giving, putting up 25. Oh, yeah, because we crazy. were like, he hasn't scored a lot in a while. This, pro- this could I, be a night where he's yeah, at MSG, and he still stunk it up. Mine, like, mine was the Rams, four and a half that I got yelled at for picking. And, and then, All right, well, you wanted to give me four losses for each and one of my locks when I parlayed No, I was joking with you. But regardless, I mean, I probably did go freaking over four. Bro, I mean, bad. I'm I'm zero five now, so we'll see if I get my uh, NASCAR winner. But yeah. I guess looking at this, and it gives me agita to do it. But I'm probably going to take the over, or rather, take the over. I'm going to take my lock of the week as the Brunson over one and a half threes, over seventeen and a half points in the Mavs money line. I yeah, feel most comfortable like doing that. I like that one. Yeah. It's my lock. Right, what's your lock of the week, Andy? Oh, I got the NASCAR uh, this week. Daytona yeah. five hundred. Vroom 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 vroom. All right, Daytona five hundred. The granddaddy of them all, first regular season race of the year. Um, going Joey Logano. I'm a fan of him, but also he he had it last year. It was in his hands. It's an unpredictable race. Anybody can win it because there's so there's so many wrecks, so many so many lefts, so many lefts, so lot, many wrecks though. Lefts. And it's such an unpredictable race in that way. But last year the guy had it in his hands. Logano had it, and then he got wrecked and finished in like 22nd. He was on the last lap. Michael McDowell won it last year. It just shows how anybody can win it. The value bet would be Kyle Busch. He's at plus 1,900. So you could make good money on that one because he has a chance to win it. He's done it before. But the best bet would be Logano. He's come close many times in Daytona. He won back in the day. Now he's coming off the Busch clash. Big win going into this one. Has a chance to win this one, I think. I would take him. I'm a fan of him, so I'll be rooting for him. But if you really want to get good value, plus 1,900 Kyle Busch. My lock is Logano. I dig okay. that. So lock Logano, but value with Kyle Busch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hedge the bush. Hedge the bush. Yeah, that's what I told you, sister. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just looking at something here, and shout out Saab Rucato because I know you're a listener. <laughs> Nothing but love. But I'm looking at the Winter Olympics here. Men's featured Russia playing Sweden in hockey today. Russia is the favorite on the money line, but on the spread, they're plus 114 to win by a half a goal. Like, if they're... They're going to win that game. You have to win a game by more than yeah. a half a goal. So I'm taking them at plus 114 to win by a half a goal. Let's go Russia, baby. Um, can we have just a moment of silence real quick before we wrap up? U.S. men's hockey. Slovakia. Never thought I'd say that. Lost to Slovakia. Big upset. We're eliminated. Unfortunate. I was really getting excited. I thought this team had a chance to win a medal. GG's upset only. by Slovakia. Moment, moment of silence, silence for the men's hockey team. F. that's it that's, that's good all right. right thank you all right well did we get everything we wanted to get out of our systems today boys? yes sir yeah all right well we're all good thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Moneyline madness podcast this was episode seven enjoy the all-star game everybody yes sir ditto next week will be episode eight you know where to find us thank you for joining see you next week go dogs peace peace